Today on the show, Radical Ones, we continue Sword and Sorcery Summer with 1984's The Never-Ending Story. I'm a luck dragon. My name is Falcor. It's time to get radical. Something really special that I've been promising to show you. What would you do to get him? Grab him and take him. Take him. Like that. Hey, look! A Dungeons and Dragon try! Yes! Let this be our final battle! I have my eyes. I have my cunning. Never-ending adventure, new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! You must find a champion, hold a heart, and pure in spirit. Champion? What champions? Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with Rob, the movie geek, for another one of our Sword and Sorcery Summer movies. Yes, hello, everyone. So, Rob, we made the list. We keep going back to the list. The original idea, never-ending story, was one of your choice picks. Now, this is one of those movies that... It was going to probably be on the list. I'm trying to think, was there one sword in this movie at all? I don't think there was. You know? There was a lot of sorcery going on, but I don't know if they had a sword in this one. Maybe he had a sword in the second. Didn't Atreyu have a sword in the second? Or he was still on the bow and arrow. You know what I thought of? The only thing that's close to his sword is Atreyu's rock that he held up when he was about to be attacked by the oh Gamong. yeah the, the little blade he he found yes the shard of rock yes so true no swords but yes the sorcery continues <laughs> yes for sure <laughs> this is of course the 1985 i would say cult classic right rob i mean at this point or is it just a classic i i did it bomb i did not do that research i don't think it was rejected when it came out in reception but i yes there are definitely people who love this movie underground so it's definitely a classic so it's a domestic they made 60 million and then in the u.s it was 25 to 27 million so i'm sure yeah this did well enough to spawn sequels so i always say that's that's a good sign right it's described as a boy who needs a friend finds a world that needs a hero in a land beyond imagination that is like the easiest uh way to sum up this movie (laughs) this nerd who is a loner (laughs) doesn't know how to (laughs) no i'm kidding i'm totally kidding i i loved bastion's like sense of imagination if only i had the ability to escape into a book that deep i'm too logic in my head for me to really just enjoy what i'm reading because i'm too concentrated on reading while that does not make sense it's literally what's happening i'm i'm too focused on reading the words i cannot just escape into this and we'll talk about his reactions throughout the movie because i was getting annoyed but i don't know if it was due out of jealousy or envy but i was just like how is he able to do this and read i just don't get it but this is coming from someone who isn't a big reader so Ryan, do you like to read? Like, do you read often? It's so funny. I actually, I had this queued up. I know the answer, Rob, but are you a reader? (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) But you know what? You did read that Hocus Pocus 2 novel. I got to give you that. But when was the last? Okay, so I've done like a couple audiobooks, but it's never, I've never gotten to this habit of, oh, what are you reading now? Like, that's just not... That's just not my jam. I I just have I I haven't really been given that that reading bug. But do you do you read a lot? Absolutely not. I cannot concentrate, Rob, anymore. That's so sad for us. This Isn't is why that- we get this is why we get words wrong because we don't read. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what. When I was younger, and I think we talked about this on brunch, it happened to be I would read things that were of my passion, right? So I would never gonna read the classics. I would be reading Buffy, Charmed. Honestly, if it had to do something with like a dark shadow, something I had to be invested in to get me to read. But I would love to do it. I have not had that attention span that I would say probably... <laughs> 10 yeah, years. I, I read a little bit of Goosebumps and I did my clue choose your own adventure yeah. mysteries. Ooh. I even read um novels that came from movies you know movies to novel yes yes sometimes i would do those but it wasn't out of habit again it was really very um specific on what i wanted to read there are some books that i wrote that i read because of like book reports and yes <laughs> again i would do audiobooks here and there the one time that i like literally picked up a book and was like i'm reading this is the hunger games and that was wow. that was just a service for my partner that I had at the time. It was a birthday gift for him because the movie was going to come out that same year. And so for his birthday, I bought the Hunger Games book and I gave it to him. And then I said, here's your second present. And it was the Hunger Games book. And he was super confused. And I go, this copy is mine. I am going to read it with you. And we are going to read this book before we watch the movie. And so he knows that I'm not a big reader. So I did this for him because he always wanted to like read together or at least talk about books. And I had never experienced reading a book before the movie. Because you know that fandom of like, it wasn't in the book. How dare you? And... Yes, Blasphemy. Yep. I wanted to know what that felt like. So I chose Hunger Games as a prototype and I read the book before the movie and I did notice some differences. And that was one example where I feel the book movie was better than the book. They had some interesting storylines that I wish that I had seen how they would have executed it on screen. And the book was more, you know, like bloodier and, and with the kills and stuff rather than what we saw. But we're not talking about hunger games we're talking about never ending story but that would be a clear example of how i like read something but i'm not a reader so like this boy was in it and i i don't and i tried to figure him out but it was so difficult to see how he was able to do that bastion is bell from beauty and the beast he loves a good book he will rob it from a store to get to the good book but you know what you actually just made me think of those junior novelizations i remember i mean we just had the jurassic park anniversary Jurassic Park The Lost World was coming out and I was like I'm gonna read what's gonna happen in this movie didn't finish it but it was very different from what was even put in the film so sometimes you get that fun with those books so there's yeah. there might be something in it for you if you're a reader to find the differences what is the secret of this enchanted book what wonders are hidden within its pages? What magical spell does it cast on all who read it? What is the secret of the never-ending story? But that's impossible! Enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous and dazzling, unforgettable and free. For anyone who's ever made a wish believed in a fantasy or had a dream this is the never-ending story Lately, we've been having funny little things happening where we mentioned that David watched a different version of Legend that had no singing in it. And he confessed to me after that he had no idea what was going on. So I did a Google search the other day for the never-ending story because I'm like, you know what? Let me see if it's free somewhere. You know, save a little money. A lot of times we're renting the things that we're, you know, we're I had reviewing. to rent today's movie. I unfortunately don't own this. And I should, but... 
but I don't. <laughs> or you could have did what I did, Rob. I ended up having to rent it because I start the movie, right? And it's a completely blank title screen with just font on it. And I'm like, okay, I don't remember this. It's really boring. Not boring, but nothing. Uneventful. There's no never-ending story song going on here. Yeah. And then cut to the bookstore with Bastion. The book is revealed and the title is like, and I'm like, oh my god, I must be watching the German version. Ah, okay. So I rented it, but it was free online somewhere. It is the German version and I'm like, where's the theme song? Spoiler, (laughs) it's not in it. (laughs) Oh, to be in Germany watching that, that, yeah. Hopefully they heard this song and was like, so gay. Like, (laughs) what is this? No, I, no, I don't think that would happen. But we're on the subject of the song. This is what I wrote. I said, all you have to do is listen to the song. Bam, movie over. Thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed this film. Honestly, five stars, Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that's all you need is this song. This song just is out of all the fantasy movies that we watched so far and just from that era like they all have these epic triumphant and mystical movie scores and it's just so whimsical you got the flutes and all of that you know stuff just playing and then this movie comes out with this banger out of nowhere out of nowhere let's just have let's just give them a title sequence song based on the title and it's like no one asked for this and it just blows the rest of them away for like I'm sorry. This song, I swear, is club material. Like, you could play this at the nightclub and you will have everybody on the floor. Isn't it amazing that now there's a new generation that only knows it as Dustin singing on Stranger Things? And it's right. But it's wasn't crazy. that a moment? Wasn't oh that my God, a yes. moment? I like the hype that that song gave, like when it was introduced, because she was just like, You got to do it. Are you going to do it? <laughs> and then he was like, No, I don't want to do it. And then all of a sudden he sings, and I was like, You are blowing my childhood right now. Please do not. And then this girl got into it with the arm. Oh god. The armchair and I was just I was living that moment. It was it was one of those things where it's like I'm not even gonna spoil it. Just finish the freaking season so you can see the magic in this season finale. I that's a moment, and it's because of this song and because of this movie. So good. So this is the question I had for you. Perfect setup. You did it beautifully, Rob. Is this movie as big as it is because of the song? Or is it they're both so amazing that they just boosted each other up to this like this thing that you'll never happen again? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say the song is the sole reason. I, I think that this movie has something specific and unique i don't know i think other people may say that this is just one in a million but for me i feel the never ending story is so specific in the way that it talks about magic the storytelling the message how dark it is without going there I just it pushed boundaries for me and just sort of went to a line that some of these other movies you know wouldn't cross true i mean literally from the beginning you're watching a kid get bullied i mean that's not something to uplift you or give you any kind of like happier feelings as you're watching this kid's fantasy movie like i wouldn't even say this movie's depressing but even the death of artex comes within the first like 30 minutes of the book i didn't know it came so early i thought that we had a lot of time with these two before that happened and it just came out of nowhere it was like yep we're just gonna take the horse out and i just think that a lot of other fantasy movies keeps you uplifted and this movie needed you to hit rock bottom so you can understand what it's like to receive hope and like believe in yourself you had to be drugged down to the grit like crumbs and then lift yourself up like that's how i took it watching this again you're right it's the heavy hitters of the bullying bam to your father who has no understanding how to cope with this child or won't 
That was a very awkward conversation. Oh my god. I mean, it does show that I I guarantee that conversation happened around a million kids' childhood tables too. So it's so like real that the father, I took it as the father doesn't know how to deal with after the mother and how to like even give comfort to this child. He's very stoic or whatever the case is. Yeah. Mr. Orange Juice and Raw Egg. Uh, that's Major Dad, isn't he? That's Isn't that Major Dad? One tough Marine. She's a liberal-minded reporter and mother of three. They're not sure whether to make love or war. Wasn't too bad. So the kids will settle the score. Hey, what you got there? It's called tank. That's an M60 tank. We got those at work. Want closely? Might be a little bit of an unfair advantage. Gerald McCraney is Major Dad. Hey, Dad, I win. Coming Mondays this fall. Get ready for CBS. I, I know him more on um, This Is Us. He played the the doctor that gave birth to the triplets or the twins. That's where I remember him from. I think that's the same actor. But yeah, uh, this the, the that father conversation, it felt very like 70s after school special where they have like so much dead space yeah. in between each sentence and you're just looking at emotion. And yes, you're right. Like he had no idea what to say to this kid. And it also was just like, keep your feet on the ground, kid. No more fantasy. I was like, what was he actually doing that was so horrible that he couldn't like escape into a book or or imagine and exactly? It was just a very weird conversation, but yes, it was straight to the point and it gave you a base of his journey. Is that he has to stay realistic? He can't be skipping school. He can't, you know, like basically he was telling him to stop being a nerd so you don't get picked on. Is what he was really saying. This Bastion, who, by the way, how many out there radical ones thought this kid was named Sebastian? I guarantee you, one of you out there is saying this kid's name was Sebastian, but I always remember this. Bastion! So, is it Bastion or Bastion? Because Homegirl had an accent to it. She added that little, that extra zing. She was Bastion. Bastion. Is it so, I don't know. I found out her two teeth got knocked out right before this and they fitted her with two Good for them. teeth. Good for them. Show must go on. She looks great. I call her Rob. Did you think she looked like Thora Birch or whatever her name is from Hocus Pocus? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I see it. As a kid, I swear to God, I don't know how I thought they were sisters or (laughs) related somehow. No, she was a gem. I wish she was in it more. Yeah, so, I mean, so for me, I think that Never Ending Story is just one of those movies that just, like, I don't know, there's just something about it that adults really can relate to just as much as kids. It just gives you sort of that, I get Lost Boys vibes from this. I don't know why. Okay, yes. I don't know why. Like, I just imagine it having like a continued like rock soundtrack or something like a soft rock sort of like soundtrack and just and it's just like so gritty and yeah that's why i really enjoy it but to me this movie always stands out from the way it tells its story you know because i think there was a part in the movie i think at the end when she's describing you know bastion being this earthling and he's like yeah he's been following you this whole time and they and there are people out there who are also following him following you and i'm like this woman knows about me watching the movie they're like they're watching his adventure at the same time i'm like i don't remember i don't remember that at all that connection i don't don't either i thought that was brilliant brilliant and it's so funny because i mean this has from researching this movie this week it seems that the common thing here is the author hated it so much that he did a lawsuit to stop the movie wanted his name taken out of it because of what they did to his book a matter of fact one of the things that really stood out to him was the breasts on the oh yeah i noticed them i mean they also (laughs) had nipples for days <laughs> a pump was taken to those to make them bigger because those yes so that he definitely took offense with those breasts right his book okay so it's 400 pages long right they condense this movie quite a bit but to me it's beautiful the people who made this film i feel like are from the heart mm-hmm. because there are moments of pure like you're saying it i don't know amazingness and i don't want to say this is just because of a childhood lens because even going back to this rob i was just like wow wow this is so deep oh my god this is depression this is this this is like yeah very good so um the shopkeeper 
I this was the most confusing part of this movie for me because it seemed that this kid was set up or yeah. that there was yeah. some sort of destiny involved. Maybe there was no control. He was meant to be bullied, go into the store, steal the book, yada, yada. And he had a smile on his face as if he knew he was going to take it. Or, you know, when you bait a child to be like, don't you touch that? And that's when they'll yeah. do it. You know, he was just like, this this isn't a safe book for you. You know, this one's not. And it's just funny how he was like, I hate children, get out. And he was baiting him. So I, I didn't understand sort of his involvement. I mean, was that part in the book too? Because he started from the beginning of the book and it started with the adventure, but was was the shopkeeper and the bully part part of the book too? I don't know if it changed, but... I almost took that as he was in the same position as him and you almost inherit this book. But I mean, that was always my head canon. I could be totally off base of what this was. Almost like you become the page master. No, I don't know. You become the one who gifts this to the next geeky kid who's drawing unicorns in his book to give them this adventure. So yeah, it's almost like you're baited into it. Like goosebumps I got almost. Yeah, I I always thought that this shopkeeper was Wilford Brimley, Mr. Oh Diabetes. I honestly thought they were the same guy. I could see it, honestly, that mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Diabetes. I'm Wilford Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. But yeah, I, I, I was very curious if he could feel him coming in and, and just decided to kind of set him up for this book. And also, if somebody else was reading The Never Ending Story, would they have the same outcome? Outcome. You know, would it have taken the person reading the book like ages to read it? You know, would they notice that there's a pause and he stopped reading? Like he was in a position, Bastion, to like read the book from beginning to end. And so, which is, I mean, a little what that was crazy I the know. time that that took. And had this movie like been directed by someone today or <laughs> someone that made this PG 13, the deleted scene at the end credits <laughs> would have been his ass getting his butt whooped because he was out all night and didn't say a word like we never got any follow-up on how he was able to walk into that house no. trouble free i mean he not only skipped school like he could have eased like they could have easily called the cops and been like my child has been snatched no one saw him for that definitely, whole day right you and that's what i would have thought it's, it's the next day and he's riding on a dragon like i just am like where what was the father doing this whole time he was probably worried so much about this kid but but I just I just wonder if somebody would have gotten like if the never ending story would have been different if it was read by someone else, you know, like the screaming, you know, when they noticed him screaming and yelling. Oh, that I just have to mention that speaking of the school, how is it that that was a scream? First off, it came out of nowhere. I actually yeah. laughed at first, but then I said, how is it that the people in the book heard it? Because let me tell you, your schoolmates taking that math test, and they're probably on to like seventh period right now, had to have heard that scream. It was pretty loud, and but I mean, that school probably is huge, and it is an attic space. The acoustics, I'm sure, is, is big, but I don't know. It could just be in a far part of the school that nobody goes near. Uh, the fact that he had access to it is just so dangerous. But I've never known a school to have an attic space either. That was also really interesting. That was really a weird decision. Yet yeah, it would look like an attic, like you would, like you were saying, an attic. But to your question, Rob, I do think that's what happens. Each person gets their own, almost maybe what they need. Which, by the way, it says Bastion Belthazar Buck is the name in the. Book. Oh yeah, they established that in part two i think <laughs> I, I think that's what it is he needed i feel to mourn his mother in a way and then get that he i have a perfect name which rob did you know that the, all these years what he screamed out at the end never i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna bring that up at the very end so i got a lot of rumors that the name he screamed was moonshine and but the way he screamed it, I heard three syllables. So uh, I don't yes. know if that was the name. But that that is the closest that I've gotten to figuring out what he said. And I don't know if they really wanted to establish an official name for her because of the idea that other people could read this 
and come up with their own name, you know, and not have it be so locked down onto what this little kid wanted to say. But I don't know, maybe they're in the book. Did they give her a name? So it is, it's, it's Moonchild. Child. Moonchild. Oh my god it's a new yorker Never. in him can you <laughs> you just gave the empress this new york boston day moon child moon child <laughs> you know it's moon child she's from brooklyn <laughs> but you're right because where all these years i i used to always say i should have put closed captionings on i guess no but if you do it just says something screaming. <laughs> yeah <laughs> It just says something screaming, like scream intensely or something. That's all he says. Because the transcriber can't make out what he's saying. So they can't put a caption there. They just have to say, oh, he just screamed intensely because I can't make out what he was saying. Insane scream. So Moonchild. So this leads me to say, and it says the name of his mother in things. So his mother was a hippie. Duh. But that's why father's all like, now he became a businessman or something. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. what happened to Moonchild? Could be. <laughs> Somebody had to be the grown-up. Okay, so when you think of this movie, let's get it over with. What are the things you think of besides Falcor, everyone's childhood trauma? <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous of this boy. Everybody wanted the Lug Dragon in their lives. Yeah. Who, who like, surprisingly looked like the shopkeeper a little bit? I like children. For breakfast? <laughs> Never. I'm a Luck Dragon. My name is Falcor. And my name is... Atreyu. And you're on a quest. How'd you know that? You were unconscious. And you talked in your sleep. I love that it's Alan Oppenheimer who is the voice of Skeletor, Man-at-Arms. Oh, really? And various other characters in He-Man. Oh, nice. I did not know that. You furry, flea-bitten fool, I'll cover my throne with your hide! <laughs> so he did this voice, Rob. He did Grump, Grump, Gamunk, Gamunk, the wolf thing, Gamunk. Oh, oh, Gamork, yeah. Gamork, Gamork. Yeah, Gamork. Who are you, really? I am the servant of the power behind the nothing. I was sent to kill the only one could have stopped the nothing. I lost him in the swamps of sadness. His name was a trail. The rock. I was called the rock chewer. The chewer rock biter. biter. Yeah. Delicious looking limestone rock. Mm, 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 mm. Nice bouquet. Must be a real vintage <laughs> and the narrator. So he did oh. all of those wow. voices in this movie. And it's amazing because I thought I've heard so many nuances in his voice. And I slightly I'll hear like a man at arms or something. But the fact that he was able to do all of these characters and honestly sound different is, is just an, a feat in its own, I think. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so for me, if I were to think about this movie, I, I do think of Atreyu. I mean, a little bit of a childhood crush when I was younger. But no, I think our, our two travelers, are the, the snail guy and the bad guy, oh they stand out to me all the time when thinking about this movie because they're just so unique characters that are so mismatched, but yet they feel like they're like best buddies. Like you just got this refined dude in a suit and a top hat riding a snail. It just, it doesn't go together, but yet it works so much. And the night hob is the, yeah, the troll-like character. You're right, but the fact that he looks so wicked but he's not. He's the nicest thing. He reminded me of Trickster a little bit, though, from Brain Scan. <laughs> I many people may not know who he looks like. Actually, look up the Trickster. There's just a little similarity that I enjoyed from that. But I, yeah, I think about those two characters, and I also think about the gates, the trials, the the, <laughs> the nipples. Yeah, I I think about that that hardcore scene where he is 
trying to get past and he doesn't want to get shot with the lasers and he made it like that moment will forever live in my brain So those those specifically stand out to me when thinking about Never Ending Story. What about you? To me, I think I block this out, but it's the whole when Atreyu's horse. And what is the horse's name? Artex. I knew it. Artex, thank you. Artex. Artex, you're sinking! Come on! Turn around! You have to now! Come on! sadness of the swamps get to you. You have to try. You have to care. For me. You're my friend. I love you. When that scene happened, I actually was bawling so much. I couldn't believe how much I cried oh, in just that part. This last rewatch, or are you talking about this first rewatch? Like, oh, yeah. and then it honestly, when he says, You're my friend and I love you, I ride so hard. So, I want to say that I brought this up on Movie Geek and Proud. And no, I mean, just the significance of this scene is insane when you grow up like it's just one of those things where you're like things you didn't know now that you're an adult and you're watching this and not only does it hit harder because you've lived and you understand emotion but also it's you have more of an understanding of why it happened because it's like he's the horse is sinking but he isn't like what's the difference what's happening here and it's the swamp of sadness and basically the moment you give up hope is when you start sinking and it the idea that this horse has given up that is what was triggering for me and it wasn't so him sad. sinking it was just the idea that you could not do anything for this horse to continue and and like i said they were barely in the swamp as it is and there wasn't really anything else going on to trip up the horse that way was he just lazy was he just like i can't like i'm done you know like i didn't really sense that anything triggered him it was just one of those things so my question to you yeah in addition because i didn't think about this before was do you think the swamp of sadness like drains you or does it only activate if you yourself give up hope? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to put a whole bunch of sadness on you and you have to overcome it. And if you're not strong enough. So I don't know if the swamp was doing it to the horse or was the horse doing it to himself? So I looked up what happens in the book. Okay. The horse actually speaks in the book. Oh, okay. It's because of the swamp. And the mm -hmm. only reason Atreyu is protected is because he's wearing the amulet. Orin, yes! The Orin. That makes so much sense now. Wow. I never understood that either as a kid. I never put two and two together. Arctic ever. had no chance. Had no chance. That is wild. Okay. So with Ooh. that being said, uh, yes, definitely cried when I watched. And usually anytime I do watch this scene, it's going to happen because... Atreyu acted the shit out of this Acting. scene. Those <gasps> screams and that pleading, and he's just like, don't give up. I'm like, he Even the stupid horse, like the at the end, the frustration of like, stupid yeah. horse, listen to me. He no, he had me. And just the the camera just literally focusing on his face of him just yelling, those tears down his eyes, like I was done. Oh. And I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm like on my phone, like on my computer, whatever the case, if that scene is on, I will usually end up stop what I'm doing because I'm just so mesmerized by that scene. It's it's a very heavy scene to watch. I I'm crying. I feel like crying right now thinking it's, about it. You know, it's just a well-executed scene. It's so good. And here's the other thing, too. Would you have preferred? Well, not to say preferred. If Artex had lived, we never would have gotten Falcor. So what do you You're think right. about sort of that transition? It's not like we're glad Artex got out of the way to make room for Falcor. 
you know, but how else were we supposed to, you know, because they had to try, tr- you know, travel like 100 million miles or whatever it was, 10,000 miles. Yeah, and he flew him 9,000. Yeah. yeah, like the horse, him and the horse could never have done that. So our text, we see that he's alive at the end and they're riding off into the sunset. So it's okay. But honestly, I don't know if I would want to go through that trauma because it honestly, yeah. I feel like I'm scarred now as an adult, more worse than I was as a kid. By the way, the horse tells him, let me die. Like, I have no hope. Just wow. let me go. I feel so sad. I'm so depressed. All, like all of those thoughts were going in my head as that horse was sinking. I swear to you. I can just oh. imagine. Though That's why it just hit hard because, yeah, like, how do you over yeah that that's really difficult but you're right it opens up the friendship and the magical luck dragon who has become a childhood i feel like a staple of any kid who grew up in the 80s and the 90s falcor mm-hmm. love me some falcor falcor is great save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details what did you think of the acting overall in this? Did you feel it was decent enough? Or has it aged? The voice acting it with the dubbing with the German actors, now that I realize it's German actors with the snail guy yeah. and the night hob, that threw me because the mouths don't line up and oh my god, the snail guy's voice doesn't doesn't work for me mm-hmm. but the kids i am blown away like like you said that scene alone he i feel like a trey actor noah hathaway should have gotten something for that <laughs> and even bastions the tears that he had but the childlike empress in her f- two scenes i think these child actors are like a standout of the 80s and this girl was not even an actress this is the only role she did she was a dancer yeah her doing those tears and please bastion like i don't know i was moved like i believed these characters <laughs> he doesn't understand that he's the one who has the power to stop it he simply can't imagine that one little boy could be that important is it really me He has to give me a new name. He's already chosen it. He just has to call it out. But it's only a story. It's not real. It's only a story. There, there was something about Bastion, though, that was kind of annoying. I know that he really needed to give a lot for us viewers because he was by himself. Just talking to It just, I don't know. Like, again... When, <laughs> what what was the turtle's name? Mora? Mora something. Like, so apparently her face was that. Oh, that's the scream. That's, so apparently the, like, I don't know how this turtle's face was described in Morla. the book. But <laughs> Morla, yeah. I don't understand how in written description would cause you to yell like that. So unless he is visually seeing it or he really has that big of an imagination, God help me. Because I did not understand that at all. Like, I would constitute maybe a jump scare yell, but this man screamed for his life as if he was about to get eaten. I was like, there's no way you can conjure up that emotion from a book. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't Boo get it. Child. It was it was the for me that was the cheesiest thing. So I get the point, right? We needed this child to be here. And then he's like, that's impossible. They couldn't have heard me. And I'm just like, oh my God, this child. He is a diva. He is a straight diva. What did I write? Hold on. Let me find it. Oh my God, this kid. Bastion is a- another word for hustler. Oh my God. So I said, first they can hear him and then they can see you. And what did he do when he saw himself in the mirror? He he threw the book. Yeah. He was like, how 
dare you? And he was like, no. But you're right. He's this screaming. This is going too far. I was like, what are you? But what did he do? His dumbass still read the book. I'd have been like, this is some voodoo shit. I'm not getting trapped into this crap. I'm done reading. He threw the book as if it did something to him. I was like, you are such a diva. This vein can't think it's about him. And why was it so hard for him to believe at that point? Because I think even us as kids would have read a book. And when she's like, say a name, I'm sure every kid would have just thought of a name in their head and said it anyway just to like be part of whatever but he literally was saying i can't eat this all because i'm on a journey but yet he can't scream Moonchild at the end i mean i know it's dramatic but so, you're- yeah they really had to play up the stakes right like he waited to the very last minute so that everyone can feel the pain of death before he gets the courage to save the world the little asshole i was like no because he was like no, my dad said I have to keep my feet on the ground. I'm like, is he going to beat you or something if you disobey Maybe him? Maybe that's the secret. He oh, was God. so an adamant about like not breaking the rules when he literally just skipped school for the day. Like, Clearly, you don't follow all the rules entirely, but this is the one rule where you're like, I, I got to keep my feet on the ground, my dad said, so I'm not calling out the name. Which is funny because he literally, in the second one, and it's mentioned this, did you go to swim class? Like, Are you going off that diving board? Are you keeping your feet on the ground then but you're right <laughs> oh my god the rock chewer when it's all over and that whole thing about his hands they're so big but oh, they couldn't do oh that was sad too i i didn't really get the full stint of that scene until i rewatched it this time i had to play it back i think three times to really understand what i was supposed to hear and yeah he was just it's like one of those moments where you're just in shock like he just had a traumatic yes. event happen to him and he i actually didn't even realize he was talking about those two being gone yeah he basically was just like i have these big strong hands i've always thought they were great and it still wasn't enough to oh. keep my friends and then he was like the nothing will be here in five minutes just go because i'm not i'm done they look like big good strong hands don't they i always thought that's what they were Oh, my little friends. The little man with his racing snail. The night hub. Even the stupid bat. I couldn't hold on to them. The nothing pulled them right out of my hands. I failed. No, you didn't fail. I'm the one who failed. I was the one chosen to stop the nothing. And then he cries, and that's it. We just see him cry, and they go to the next scene. Like, ooh, 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 so good. If you want to show a child what being an adult is like, I think this is this is it. This sadness. <laughs> the rock biter was like, "Take me, Lord. Take me. I don't want to be here. It should be me. Just take me now." That sleeping bat, I think, is so freaking adorable. I would be sad over that bat dying too, and that mm-hmm. racing snail. look like Bartok so Bartok (laughs) the German director Rob was apparently very strict with all of the actors including it didn't matter if you were a child so they were filming in Germany I want to say and because they weren't in the States and whatever the case is the actor especially Noah Hathaway who plays Atreyu was forced to do scenes over and over and over over and over to the point of even if it was when he was soaking in the rain or whatever he had to do that scene over and over and over to the point of breaking before even starting rob he ended up having to have a huge surgery and has titanium things in his back just from horse training Ooh. and then almost lost an eye during the fight scene versus the gamork as one of the claws on the puppet poked him in the face and also the robot was so heavy that he lost breath as he hit the ground and this continues that every minute he was injured sick because he was left out in the cold and everything like this is a nightmare do you think the movie paid for like his medical bills or something i I wonder if he had signed a contract saying like we're not liable for anything that sucks and do it again. I don't care if you're dying. Well, you know, I guess that really explains why part two had 
literally no one from the first one do this again. You are not traumatizing me again. I will not be put through labor with no health benefits. Like they were like, <laughs> screw this franchise. You can get some other saps to fall in line with your never ending story. Yeah. That movie that I never liked that childlike empress in that with the curly hair. She did not give it to me. No, that movie, those were like generic. That was multiverse sequels right there with the Bruce <laughs> Wayne of Never Ending Story. They had a different Batman in every single Never Ending right. Story. You're right. And Jonathan Brandis, of course, was in the second one. But that's all I remember. And as I was watching like a movie reminding me, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is the one where he becomes like an ass. <laughs> and like, I think he kills a tree you. And then that's what I remember. Did these wishes well, yeah. and then he was forgetting what the hell was happening. But he was scared of the heights or. Yeah. Um, oh. A tree you oh. got a different ethnicity and skin color. So they made him more <laughs> authentic to his, you know background yeah there was a lot of changes i have not seen that movie in so long uh it's been a minute um so some of the other things that i noticed that i wanted to point out i'm sure you caught this um first of all i thought gamork was very impressive as a Gorgeous. visual villain because the nothing was obviously our core but like that narration that visual representation his his bitch is what i call him he's a bitch to the nothing he's like i am his servant and i will carry out and yada yada and um those eyes they expressed a lot when they would open yeah. and close no, it was open. good puppetry i i loved all of that i'm surprised he was taken out so easily he's mostly bark apparently because yeah that was honestly he looked like he just died he, got like, he literally just went Ugh. yeah but why is Fantasia dying then? Because people have begun to lose their hopes and forget their dreams. So the nothing grows stronger. What is the nothing? It's the emptiness that's left. It is like a despair destroying this world. And I have been trying to help it. But why? Because people who have no hopes are easy to control. And whoever has the control has the power. Also, did you hear the rock biter? He stuck around and was like, I'll catch up with you guys in a moment. I'm going to eat some of these gourmet. I see why you picked this camp. Limestone rocks, also mentioned in Return to Oz. Limestone rocks—that is a—that's a thing now. And what is this? Yeah, I feel like they're—I don't know if I'm blurring them because of the childhood things, but I feel like Return to Oz and this movie would be like perfect together. Well, no, let's let's expand. We've got a you know a cinematic universe going on here because yeah. guess who else shows up? Our 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 Ravel from Willow. I had no idea the minute Until I heard I the, saw voice, the name. Though, no, I the voice. As soon as I heard the voice, I'm like, that's Ravel from Willow. Wow. It has to hurt to heal. No, what did she say? It has to hurt to heal. Yeah. She was like, would you be, be quiet? I just <laughs> <Yeah>. want to. <laughs> oh, God. Which again, right? She would, yeah, she was a treat. So, yeah, I mean, these actors, again, just keep hopping from one to another. And I swear to you, these fantasy movies in the 80s was like the WB. Like, one yes! actor travels yeah! on to every single WB show and plays a part. Like, you can find them everywhere. <laughs> Pace around them all. Yep, make the rounds. <laughs> also, I thought this was very daring, too. And I'm surprised they didn't, like, go more into this. Because, especially in the 80s, when you've got, like, a lot of revolt and mutinies and strikes and marches and things in the world of politics you never reveal that your leader is ill or unfit to rule when you turn mm. to someone to save an entire nation and you stand up there and you say oh she's sick she has no way of helping any of us we're doomed i am so shocked that spantasia did not turn into chaos Honestly. after that but he, True. but I mean, like, do we want that type of transparency 
you know, I don't think the world is really equipped to hear some truth like that. So you are forcing governments to lie all the time because you can't handle the truth. This dude literally stood up and was like, sorry about it. Y'all all came here for nothing. She is sick and she's going to oh, die. That dude. And I totally, for some reason, I thought he was in a Star Trek movie for some reason. Like I used to equate that actor in the beginning. I know you're talking about. In that crowd, which by the way, has, this was insane. Okay, so from what I remember, it was E.T., Yoda, Mickey Mouse, Chewbacca, C-3PO, Ewoks, and Gumby. You saw all of them. I read this, right? So then I went back to the scene and I said, I still don't see this. I went to YouTube and I typed this in, like, the who was in it. And they literally had to zoom in this close, magnify it. But sure enough, there's a person in a Gumby costume. Wow. Sure enough, there's E.T., there's a Mickey Mouse. I mean, it's crazy. I did not know that. Help me out here, because this is the one thing that didn't make the movie perfect, but maybe it can if you can explain it to me. From my understanding, it seemed that Atreyu literally had to go out on a horse with no weapons to travel literally to the ends of the earth, only to be told that he needs to go all the way back to the beginning to give this girl a name that he was unable to give what was the point of atreyu i just don't like can you imagine being told you need to go all the way down this road so that someone can tell you to go all the way back to where you started and pray to god that the earthling listening gives her a name like atreyu didn't get shit out of this (laughs) and he literally traveled for what um, I'm sorry, but your princess is another castle, Mario. I don't <laughs> understand sort of the roadmap into how he needed to. So where the Empress was at the end, that's where he was in the beginning, right? I mean, did, they basically just told yes. him to go back where you came from. The and this time, thank God he got to fly in space, basically, and come yeah. across the castle that just happened to be on an asteroid piece of planet left. Yeah. The answer came from inside of the house. You did not have to go anywhere. I just I just thought this was such crap that he needed to do this. Now, uh, look, I guess people <laughs> love the journey. But, like, if I find out at the end of the book that the answer was in the beginning, like, Jesus. So that's that Wizard of Oz thing, right? Like, you had the answer all along. You could have clicked those heels. Like, yeah, what And I would have punched the shit out of him hearing that. I was like, you telling me this whole time? The whole time? <laughs> Yeah, so besides when he came across Gamork, I guess they could technically say you didn't need weapons, but had he not gotten Falcor and this and that, he would have had to go on that journey yeah. on foot. Yes, yeah, so you're right. I don't know what. So is it because Bastion, Bastion has to see himself in Atreyu? Yeah, no, I mean, I get I it. Guess? I get it. You know, I mostly joke on here. It, it's just coming no, but yeah, from a different it's... perspective, but at the same time, it's like, Yes, Bastion needed to go through this epic journey of adventure and wonder and also of confidence and believing in himself and hope and all of that in order for him to gain the courage to do what he needed to do. And I guess without context, it would sound really silly to ask the reader to just say a name out loud. I would have done it just for fun. But yeah, put your name here. Yeah. <laughs> put your name here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never needs to worry. Could have been Mad Libs and we would have just like <laughs> this, but this, the world would not have ended. Nothing would have been whatever. Moon child. <laughs> oh. No, but at the end of the day, I love Never Ending Story so much. And maybe I'm biased because I'm a child at heart, but I can still watch this as a 40-year-old and still understand its reasoning, its roots, its... It's just epic impact and influence on my childhood as well as others. And it's one of those movies where you're just like, we will never see stuff like this again. They just will not dare to give you anything like this. You know, I also wonder if like this movie would get rejected by woke culture or anything like that. Like, I just wonder if you are able to tell a story like this and not have it go through the political lens 
I actually wrote this for you. (laughs) It's so funny. I love it. The reboot. A few months ago, there was a reboot auction where they were bidding war for this. Netflix, Amazon, blah, blah, blah. Someone bought this, right? But I wrote, tell me, this is not going to be Falcor, the voice of Liam Neeson, and Atreyu will now be some kind of a female protagonist. I think that's what they're going to do. And that's how they (laughs) change it. And it has to be Liam Neeson, of course, because who else can you cast as a friendly voice? of a mythical beast. If it's Liam Neeson, I'll I'll be hysterical, but do we need that though, Rob? I don't know if this, like you're saying, is going to translate unless they wow you. I I think the point of the reboot or a reboot in general is just for a director to give sort of their take on how they perceive this book to be. I'm sure somebody read this book and was like, oh, I would have done this differently. And this is their opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Will it make the movie better? I don't know if that's even the goal. I think a director just wants to just challenge the status quo and just say, hey, why don't you look at it from this perspective? Maybe I can tie a few loose ends that didn't make sense from the original, yada, yada, yada. Everybody has reasons right and as far as getting a remake i think where a little bit of the disrespect comes in is the use of the name you don't want to come off as a carbon copy you don't want to be known as someone who wrote a movie that is very similar to another and then reap the benefits so right you make a direct reboot but then at the same time then it's like well i'm so sick of reboots and remakes come up with your own ideas and it's like well i can but then you're just going to compare it and say oh it's so similar you're a hack so what do you do right if i got a remake to this the only thing that i would hope that they do is still use practical effects and just oh yes and just make that translate better on screen so you have more options on how you execute attacks and adventures and and you know sort of that you know edge of your seat moments or whatever cgi also gives you a lot of options to try and do something magical with this movie but i don't think there's anything wrong with the story that a reboot would make it better so i mean what if if anything why don't you just make a the book into a movie clearly because it's completely different and the movie is half of the first half of the book so i mean they're doing it with harry potter which i honestly don't know if i think i would want so soon after yeah, yeah. no i that. maybe do a faithful adaptation of the book i wish that i had more knowledge of the business side of things when creating films i think when it comes down to who's credited and where that money goes when mm-hmm. the when the product is finished so if you do a straight adaptation you don't necessarily get writer's credit at least as much as you would like if you want to you know refurbish that kitchen so (laughs) it's 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 just this idea of like i want this movie to say this came from me as opposed to i'm just doing somebody else's work so that comes to play when you're creating stuff i'm sure everybody would love a straight adaptation but you're still giving all of the power to the person who wrote it first and not really capitalizing on your own imagination and interpretation of what you read so i think there's a business side to it of course definitely but um yeah you know if if you know the movie industry had endless unlimited amounts of money i'm sure we'd get a lot of these types of remakes where we can get authentic adaptations and such and yeah i the only thing that i for sure know will happen is that it won't be as dark and that to me Mm. is like the land before time of it all like i'm sorry i don't need it to be a musical when it comes out and i don't need it to be care bearish i i want it to be dark and messed up and unfair just like the never-ending story the shopkeeper said it himself this book your books are safe this one is not this movie has no business being safe ever ever So that is my take. And in the moment they do it, they shit all over what this movie or this book and movie is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be safe. Especially since, like we mentioned in Dragonheart, continuations being so kiddie-ish and then what they evidently did with NeverEnding Story 3, which... Oh my god. Looks like a horror. It looks like a nightmare. Whose first movie? Very first film, I want to say, or his very first film, like major film, Jack Black. He was the leader of those bullies... I forget the name of the bullies. Even yeah. the lead looked. Well, the lead is the Free Willy Kid. That's what. 
Yeah. Oh, God. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. If that happens, maybe we'll get this. Atreyu was supposed to have green skin and blue hair, and they actually tested it out, Rob. <laughs> but I guess the, the rain wouldn't have worked when you're being forced to do scenes over and over and over again for eight hours at a time. So that being said, loved, loved, loved this movie beyond what I could have even imagined a rewatch being so long 25 years or more for me possibly wonderful 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 that being said rob do you have any recommendations for us rob's recommendations yes i do so this list is not as old as I thought it would be. And what I mean by that is like, I like to sort of dig real deep to give you some underrated gems or movies that are not well known that should get more attention should you like this movie. But this list is a little common. I think everybody knows most of these movies, but if you're listening and there happened to be one on this list that you missed when you were a kid, check it out. If you enjoyed this movie, I have three recommendations that are a little on the darker, grittier side of things. And I think in similarity, you might like these. Um, The first one is The Last Unicorn. While it is animated, I think that its dark tone and and theme would serve you well to, you know, enjoy that type of movie as if you enjoyed Neverending Story. The other one is the Dark Crystal series, mostly for its puppetry and its sort of darker tone in its sort of like execution of how the creatures look and things like that. So yeah, I think that would be um, a a great watch. Um, The last one that I have is The Page Master with Macaulay Culkin. And I just say that in its relation with books in general. I feel like it is like almost, I don't know if it was also a book too, but I always thought that was kind of like, a, okay, we want to be like the never ending story. So yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, a lot of the same outline and storyline um, and story sort of came into the, the page master, the library, the, the sudden transition <laughs> into the book, the shopkeeper, and just sort of reliving those old classics. Yep. And it, it was darker, I thought, in in my opinion, with, with what we got. Also, great, great voice of, so there are three books that travel with Macaulay on his journey. <laughs> and one of them is fantasy. And the fantasy book is voiced by Whoopi Goldberg, who does an amazing job. An amazing job playing her. <laughs> I just, book, yeah. I gotta say this one joke. I will never forget that. I love this joke so much. It's so adult. They come across... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's mansion or or house or something. And Fantasy looks at the mailbox and it reads Jekyll and Hyde. And she goes, hmm, must be a duplex. I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> like, who knows about duplexes? But it's like, I, oh, I love, I love, I don't know why. I, you know what? I don't own this movie because it came on all the time. I always had access to and you know I also recorded it on VHS so I had no reason to buy it but I need to order this movie it better not be out of print you know how that's happening but it must be a duplex that was the (laughs) line for me it was so funny so So we'll have to do that soon then in general of course so if you did not like Neverending Story and you have your reasons maybe it is too dark maybe this is a movie you can't show your kids but you want that same childlike adventure so I chose uh The Goonies while The Goonies is a little dark, it's not as dark. You know, there's still a lot of moments that lifts you back up, gives you a lot of the happy feels and the funny, and it, it keeps you more lighthearted than anything. Yes. So The Goonies, and I also said E.T. E.T. is just from the emotional aspect of Never Ending Story, but again, more childlike wonder and happiness throughout Love the it. movie. So that is my recommendation. And then the last one is just sort of the adventure side of it all, the journey, the road trip of it all, Flight of the Navigator. I I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I think just Atreyu meeting all of these characters and just sort of just the travel journey of it and him, like, I want to say that he was a runaway, I can't remember, but similar things that are happening in this, and it's, it's for the underdog, so I recommend Flight of the Navigator just for a different sort of tone than Neverending Story. So there you go. 
I got more excited each pick because those are fantastic. Especially if you want to see horses being drowned in liquid and of some kind. That's Last Unicorn. So you get the, the whole going into the sea. <laughs> and to your point, Rob, I just saw this out of the corner of, saw this out of the corner of my eye. That teeny weeny to continue our multiverse of this summer. The one who played that snail guy. He was the Tin Man puppet in Return to Oz. You're kidding. That's his neck end. Evidently, Yoda in shots of Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Wow. Never would have guessed that. We have the Tin Man himself as well as the Snail Man. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, where can people find you when you're not hanging out over here? Uh, I am currently journaling my uh, movie-going experience by doing short reels of my um, rating every single movie that I watch, whether it's a rewatch or a, a first watch. It could be for my collection, streaming, at the movies. No matter what it is, I am going to review it. And it's tied to my Letterboxd account where most, you know, people review movies that they watch. So you can catch those small reels of quick reviews on the Rob the Movie Geek or The Unique Geek. I think it may be under, but Rob the Movie Geek you can find on Instagram, all one word. And you'll find that in the description box below. Matter of fact, we just did one where Rob asked me a question and it's posted on that page. So check that out. Of course, if you're following us on Instagram, you know I'm going to share it. So please follow us on there. If there's anyone out there that's recently joined us or if you've been listening from the beginning, if you are able to go to your favorite podcast app store, honestly, I I hate to say it, but it seems like Rob Apple is the one that that kind of counts in the game at the moment. If you're an Apple listener, would you say <laughs> like that's the one I guess really calls attention more to the show? If you would take the time, write us a quick, honest review. We would love to hear that. Of course, we will talk about it on the show. We will announce it. We'll dance. But it would extremely help. I think we're up to 13 and I would love, I would love if we can get those up just a little, just a little. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that with your review or just feedback, it really shapes the show into what most of the viewers enjoy. And we are starting to get a little bit of that through Instagram. And we love every comment that you guys send. Sharing those thoughts really helps really give the audience exactly what it is that they want. And right now we are just having fun. But what kind of show would this be if it was really done in a way that really spoke to the folks who are actually listening? So should you have suggestions on movies that we should watch, write a review on Apple and let us know. Ooh, yeah. Let us know on Instagram. But also, if there are certain types of movies that you want to hear more about, if you feel that this show could go in a different direction as far as like the type of things that we talk about, things like that, like the moment you guys give us those things that really click with you, we will give you more of that and through that comes with our you know with the reviews that you post so any feedback is great and um it, it does help the word of mouth and for the show to get exposed and extend to other people so um if you happen to write one thank you if you've already written one we appreciate you so yeah beautifully said beautifully said it's so true thank you for that and matter of fact our vocal listeners seem to be over on thundercats recently so you guys are really battling for the top of the radical pile now i'm just joking we love you both yeah we noticed a lot of thundercats fans are interacting so thank you for that thank you for crossing over to the main show and thank you for being here radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram youtube tiktok and of course we will be back next friday with a new episode and thank you rob of course i had a great time thank you so much and bye-bye bye-bye
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 